Welcome to New Mommy at 40, a honest, informative, and non-judgmental podcast for those navigating to and through parenthood in their 40s. Today we'll be talking about putting your home on autopilot before baby arrives and navigating the fourth trimester with Calista Anderson, host of the New Mom Boss podcast. She's a registered RN, a certified lactation counselor, and mama of three. You won't want to miss her informative yet simple steps to creating balance before your baby's arrival. And if baby's already here, you'll get some useful tools to guide you through a smooth fourth trimester. But before we get into it, please subscribe, follow wherever you're listening to this so you don't miss a single episode. All right, let's get into it. It didn't happen in my 20s. Who cares? Now I've got all this fancy wisdom to share. Hey, I've got this baby. You're getting the best of me because I'm a new mommy of 40. (laughs) Today we have Calista Anderson. She's actually now a a mom friend of mine. I got the chance to be on her podcast uh, earlier last uh, this year. And uh, it's just so great to have her. She helps pregnant mamas get ready for their baby by preparing themselves, space, and significant other. She does so through her podcast, The New Mom Boss Podcast, as well as coaching and online course, New Mom Prep School. Calista is a registered nurse, a certified lactation uh, counselor, and a mom of three. It's her mission to make preparing to be a new mom simple and thorough so that women can enjoy motherhood with confidence and joy so that they can build a strong bond with their baby. Welcome, Calista. Hi, Victoria. Thank you so much for having me on. I know it's been a little while since we last chatted and a lot of family and life stuff has happened. I'm I'm so happy we're finally connecting. I know so much has happened. I mean, I've gone through uh, a couple of uh, round of IVF since I since I spoke to you. You're in process of a move. We're like just busy, 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 busy moms. But I appreciate Mm -hmm. you taking the time. Um, today we were going to, uh, talk about you and I about putting your home on autopilot before a baby arrives, um, which I think is a great topic. You've discussed it before in some other podcasts. And I, I think, you know, we either over analyze <laughs> what to expect when the baby comes and it can be really stressful as we nest that nesting phase is also intense for our significant others. I know it didn't even like hit me really until about, I think I was maybe seven months and I was like, Oh, two more. It's two more. So um, I think it's great that you have something in place um, to, to help. So tell us like, how do we, w- w- how do we get dive into this? How do we get us pre- yeah. prepared for all those mamas well, preparing? It is such an honor and my pleasure to talk about it. Um, I love this topic and I talk about it all the time because it's not something us moms think about preparing as we get ready for our child, our baby, especially our first one, because you have not gone through, you know, welcoming a baby for the first time yet. Um, And we do what most people do, which is what we're told, right? Like the checklist for the baby stuff. And Mm -hmm. you kind of follow kind of just the same footsteps. The hospital class, the registry, baby shower, then just wait for the baby to arrive. And then you'll figure the rest out because 
being a mom is natural. So how, and you know what? And the other thing, part about that is that it's such an exciting time and you mm-hmm. are so happy, you know, to have the baby and you're excited. Everyone's so happy for you. Um, and for a lot of women, you know, they waited so long to have their baby. And so there's just so much excitement built into it, which is mm-hmm. great. And, you know, I, I try to help my pregnant mamas, um, I don't like to be the bearer of bad news, but I do like to tell them what the reality is going to be, the the reality that isn't talked about. And that is how challenging it really is for the first several weeks to few months. And preparing your home is one of the big things that I we often overlook or we're just, we weren't told and it's just not something that's natural, quote unquote, as part of preparing for a baby. Um, and yeah. so my goal to it, in, with teaching this particular topic is to just take this one big piece off your plate so that you have more time and energy to focus on healing from birth, childbirth and pregnancy and sleep deprivation and also mm. having more time for your baby and your partner. Um, and it's the quality, you know, focus with the baby and building that bond and, you know, because no matter what, you're going to take care of your baby. But how of present course. you can be if everything, if your plate is just a, a lot lighter. And we don't, Absolutely. yeah, we don't realize how much of our time and energy our households take from us before the baby arrives. Because it's, it's very routine. It's very, you know, you have a lot of time, even though we don't think we have a lot of time before we have babies. We actually really did have a lot more time before we became moms. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we become the best, like, time management people, organizers. Like, you're kind of forced into it. And so um, what I would like to share about is, you know, just preparing your home. And I call it putting your home on autopilot before the baby arrives so that you can enjoy that postpartum season with your baby. Because there's so many other things, as you know, that are already challenging. And so I have just this four steps to, you know, helping to prepare for that postpartum time and putting your home on autopilot. And this is best done while you're pregnant. Um, but okay. if you have any mamas listening or partners listening, and maybe this is already the baby's here, this can still be done. The sooner the better. And the more ahead of time you can do it, the the, more, the smoother the transition will be. Um, so when do you think is the ideal time to start then? So let's say... For those of us who are listening and are pregnant right now, what's the like sweet spot in starting these four steps, you think? I would say about two months before um, the baby arrives okay. um, because then it's you kind of get a better picture of the household um, routines because things change in the household, right? So a little bit closer to the due date, but you know, with still some time so you could put some of these things into action. So yeah, a couple, a couple okay. months if you have that, but really any time, if, if you have the time now, you know, do it. Or if you really do have to wait until you're a little bit later in the pregnancy for whatever reason, you know, just whenever is best for you, as long as you have it on your to-do list um, as part of right. your baby preparation. Okay. Okay. That's reasonable. 
That's reasonable. It's around the time I got that itch. Yeah. Actually, yeah, actually the nesting, you know, it's exactly around yeah, the time. That nesting phase um, is, it could be, it, it can be incorporated into that because we have this sudden burst of like energy and like, I need to just prepare the house. And so this is, this can be part of it, but I'm going to mention things that you probably didn't think about when you were a first time mom. And I know I didn't. And for first time pregnant moms, um, especially who are pregnant right now, you may not have thought about this also. Um, and so the first step in putting your home on autopilot is taking an inventory. And so what that means uh, is to, and this is why you need a little bit of time, um, because it, you mm -hmm. should take about a week or two to do this quote unquote inventory of your household. And what that is, is you make a list of all your daily tasks and chores, your weekly and your monthly tasks and chores. So a weekly task could be taking the, the trash cans out. Um, a monthly task could be, you know, paying the bills. So if you just have this running list for a week or two and involve your partner and have them add onto the list as well, it will really put everything, if you, if you, keep this going for a couple of weeks, everything your house actually needs. And you'll see how much we pay attention. We actually take care of our homes, like another person or a child, because it does require a lot of mm -hmm. us, right. To keep the household going. And so once you do that, you and your partner can actually also see who's in charge of what, because that yes. changes once the baby arrives and roles will change whether it's just temporary or you know a long-term situation because the mama cannot be doing everything that she was normally doing before the baby arrived and so our partner or whoever else will need to step in and pick that up um and that's when you know I'll get into the other steps but this that's another um benefit of putting everything down and taking an inventory you get a big picture of what um, your household is requiring of you and your family. Plus, you get to see the roles and who's mm -hmm. in charge of what and how you're going to move that around going forward. So, Ooh, I yeah. love that. I love that. But you know why? It's because even that's also useful later on after you think you've gotten the flow and you notice as the partner, wait a minute, there's a lot that's falling back on to me. Remember when we split yes. those things up? <laughs> Let's go back to that. That's actually a really, really great yes, idea. Yes. And, and just That's to throw really something in here, this, this could be, you know, a topic that, uh, two people like partners fight about. I, I have a, a, a client who she is, you know, um, they, they've only always done everything 50, 50, from finances mm -hmm. to household running because they're both, you know, career focused people. And, and she always wanted to be, even though she's married and she loves her husband, always wanted to be this independent woman, no matter what she was going to, you know, pay half and like not feel like he was um, paying, like, taking over or, or any control over her. I don't know. That's that this is her, you know, her feelings. Um, and, okay. And okay. so yeah. once they had a baby and now two babies, you know, she was trying to keep up the, I'm we're 50, 50, but when it comes to 
raising children, it is not 50-50, especially in the beginning. You know, it could be a little bit more 50-50 as they get older, but that first year especially, and postpartum, after birth, mama needs a lot of time to heal, to breastfeed around the clock, mm -hmm. to do the basic things of eating, showering, and changing clothes. Like, those are with things we take for granted when we're not in postpartum <laughs> but it, it, oh, yeah. it can feel like a survival environment when you're just trying to get your basic needs met and so you really cannot be a in a 50 50 relationship you know things have to flow it's a give and take and just it's more i don't i don't like to use the word balance like even life work-life balance or relationship balance, it's really harmony, right? Because you're a family and things are just, it's always changing and that's okay, you know? And anyway, so the 50-50. Yeah. Well, well, that yeah. that too, if I may, I mean, also the child dictates a lot of that in the beginning because they're so dependent on the mother. I mean, absolutely, they just are, you know, and- and so even if you would like to share, I think that's where sometimes uh, partners feel also like they want to be more involved, but there's a lot in the beginning that purely is mom. So this inventory list is good because then it can give the other person something to feel mm -hmm. like they're contributing. Like there's all this other stuff to do. You're right. The baby just wants to be cuddled by me right now. It's being comforted by me yes. because I'm the, you know, the... I'm giving the boob, you know? So here, this is another way that you're still active, you know, active part of this, this partnership. You can do all these other things. So that's, mm -hmm. that's so And great. one thing, just a little side note, you, you mentioned, you know, cuddling with the baby and feeding and feeding the baby. You know, some babies don't take a bottle for a long time. You know, every baby is different. And so, especially if the baby doesn't take a bottle, you cannot even just, you know, pump and then give the bottle to someone else to feed the baby, you know, in the first few months. It's it's really, if you can just plan for that um, and that you really are going to be with the baby almost the entire time it's he or she is awake. Um, and then, you know, if they're a good sleeper, great. If you have more help, great. But it kind of like planning for the worst you know, the, the least amount of, of time available for anything mm -hmm. else. That way, if you do have more time, you could just enjoy it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right. So that would be the first step in putting your home on autopilot before your baby arrives is that inventory and running that list for a couple of weeks. Now, once you have that, you'll want to look over it with your partner and maybe anyone else in the household who may be living with you during that time um, and see if you can take anything off that list. So the I, I call this process IDAD, by the way. So I is for inventory, which is step one. And then D is for delete. You want to delete anything on the list that you won't be needing. Um, even if it's just for a while, you could put things on hold. Um Another part of the inventory is that, um, to go back a little bit, is to, you know, your, when you get to the monthly bills, whenever you pay your bills, you can write out your bills and see what you won't be needing in the first few months after 
your baby arrives. And oftentimes you'll find stuff you forgot you had on there and you could just delete that too. So that's what the first D is, deleting things off your list and lightening your load. So that is the second step is deleting. And then the next step, which is the third step, is to automate. I love to automate as much things, as many things as I can, because it's like a set it and forget it. You know, you it's just yeah. less calories going forward, less mind and brain cells, you know, you have to use. Um, and that you, you can keep for yourself and use it for self-care and bonding with the baby. So automate. Um, and what I love to automate, especially in the postpartum period, is food. You know, it could be, you know, ordering your the staples for your home mm -hmm. um, and having a subscription for it so that you every month or even every couple of weeks, however uh, frequently you may need something, just put that on a subscription. Um, a lot of uh, another thing I like to recommend for pregnant mamas to look into is to automate your their meals. And my favorite one is ask, you know, when friends and family offer to help, you know, the best way they could help is with a meal. And so I recommend mealtrain.com. Mm -hmm. It's um it's a free platform to have friends and family sign up to send you a meal or drop off a meal. And that is just so wonderful. Even if it's for just three weeks, you know, yeah. automating your meals is great. Yeah. And there's also um, a, a couple like fresh food delivery, like freshly made food that you could just put in your refrigerator for like, you know, they last a few days, less than a week um, and get a weekly service of that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because this is one of the things. Yeah. Like I mentioned earlier, getting your basic needs met, like eating, finding the time to eat is already really hard. Mm -hmm. So finding the time to cook or even order food or even think about what you want to eat. It's like, just automate that. Right. Um, and, mm -hmm. No, it's so helpful because I remember that that was one of the things um, that I found it really difficult, <laughs> even though I know it was very integral to everything that I was doing. I mean, if I'm not nourishing myself, especially as someone who chose to breastfeed, I was just going to be wasting away. I mean, I, I lost so much weight because of the breastfeeding I was doing. And my husband, I remember just like him shoveling food <laughs> down my mouth because I just was, I was tired to get up sometimes and I was recovering from a C-section. And so you never know you know, what your situation may be. You always hope for the best and that it will be really simple when you come home. But even if it is and everything goes just as planned, that's one thing you can get off of your your plate if you know that food is is coming. It's already prepared for you. And I think with that site, you can actually pick your favorite restaurants that people can choose from. So you can actually mm -hmm. select down to the, the the dish that you want and how great. You don't know exactly when it's coming that day, I think, but the, just the fact that people who want to help can help in this way. I think that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. And I say, you know, take advantage of it while people want to help you. Yeah. You know, we don't like to ask for help and this is like a great way of accepting help that will last, you know, however long you, you choose to, to, um, 
ask for it. it. It could be like for three weeks, a month. You could pick the days of the week. If it's just once a day, just like your dinner. Um, yeah, and exactly. You could write your favorite dishes on there. It's really a wonderful way, a, a modern way of doing things. Because, you know, in the 50s and 60s, like women would like drop off casseroles, you know, right. and not <laughs> everybody has time to do that these days. And, um, you know, so sending a meal by delivery or even they have gift cards on there. They could just send you like a Grubhub or Uber Eats or something like that. It's just a nice way to come together as a community. Let the community come around you and accept the help. Yes, accept the help. That's the key. <laughs> accept it because you'll need it. It's a secret sauce to new motherhood is like asking and accepting help. Yeah. Um, another thing I like to automate is paying the bills. You may or may not do that already. Um, for me, I like to automate as many things that's automatable, you know, as long as it's not some big dollar amount that, you know, would make a big difference in our bank account, right. you know, but just the regular bills. And if you don't feel comfortable with that, even doing that for one month or two months, and then, you know, when the baby's two or three months old, once you kind of feel like you've got the hang of things and you have more time and space mentally, um, you could take it off auto pay. But just the one last thing you have to do. And if that doesn't feel like something you want to do as far as like automating your, your bills or finances, then let's move on to the last D, which is an is delegate. So again, referring back to your inventory list, mm -hmm. and you can see who's in charge of what. Now you can ask your partner or you or you and your partner can talk about who's gonna take over certain chores and tasks. You know, is it like even little things like walking the dog if you have dogs or um you know, everything, washing the dishes or doing the laundry, cleaning the house. Now you can start to delegate who's in charge of what and you don't have to wait for, you know, when the baby's here and then things are falling behind and your house is a mess and things are just, yes. you know, it, it does not feel good to be around that environment. Um, so no. now's the time. Like you have your inventory list, you've deleted what you don't need you've automated what can be automatable and things that you're comfortable with and then delegating whatever is left over so most of it's going to come off your plate then most of it's going to go in onto partner's plate and then whatever they aren't able to take care of then you can start outsourcing either hiring right. people for um certain things around the house or even asking family members to step in and do X, Y, or Z for one month or two months. And so by the time you've finished this process, you know, when the baby arrives, you're not going to be responsible for a lot of things you're normally responsible for because you have the number one responsibility of taking care of baby. Right. Absolutely. Wow. I wish I knew you two years ago, <laughs> but it's not too late for someone else yeah. listening to this. This is great. This is fantastic stuff. Yeah. So and I, I, a lot of what I do and what I teach 
is because I didn't know it the first time around. And it's like going through trial by fire. And um, my second child was born 13 months after my daughter. So when she, my daughter, my first child was four months, I found out I was pregnant again. And I was like, I cannot do it this way again. And so finding ways like this, like automating the home before the baby, the second baby arrived, um, was so helpful for me. And even for the second time moms who, you know, the first time was chaotic or just felt like survival. Um, and you know, you don't want that same experience. Sometimes second time, I get a lot of second time mom clients too, because maybe it's been like a long, a big gap from the first one. They Mm -hmm. kind of feel like they're starting all the way over. And they just mm-hmm. didn't have a good first time experience. So um, it could be after the first child too, but there's nothing like the first time. No, no. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of us who are listening to this are thinking about their first time and going, oh my gosh, that it would have been a great way to ask for help. But it's good. That's why it's great to have these conversations because you can literally learn from someone else's experience. So, part of what I'm hearing too is all of this is great setup for that fourth trimester. It, I mean, mm-hmm. especially since you don't know what that's going to be like for you because the, the emotional aspect, the hormones, just the getting used to the, to the new routine. Mm-hmm. And I know that's something that you talk about often too. So can you give us a little bit about, you know, mama's fourth trimester and what that means to you and why you've been so passionate about including that in what you coach people through. Mm -hmm. So I like, I teach the fourth trimester. We think of fourth trimester mostly about the baby, which it is. The fourth trimester was a term coined by Dr. Harvey Karp. And that means that the baby still needs to feel like the baby is in the womb in the fourth, after the Mm -hmm. baby's born. So other animals are pregnant for a longer time. And he says that human babies actually do need more time to, to develop and quote unquote cook in the belly. Um, than than what we have now, which is they come out, you know, kind of get evicted from our bodies at 40 weeks, but really they need another 12 weeks in there. Um, But our bodies aren't able to accommodate that. So the fourth trimester term came up because we want to mimic that boom. And so that's why we have the swaddle. We want to keep that baby bound like a, kind of like a fetal position still. Right. Um, we mm-hmm. want to rock them because that's what they feel like when they're in our bellies. They, the, the sound machines, the white noise machine is actually mimicking what they hear when they're in our bellies. It's just a lot of sh- swishing sh- sound. Um, and then they like it when it's dark. So really, our, uh, to recreate that womb experience for the baby, we need to treat them like they're in our womb, but we're actually holding them. So that ties our arms mm-hmm. up, right? And that's why I teach the autopilot, um, you know, putting your home on autopilot, because that's just one layer of so many things. But mom is also going through a fourth trimester herself, because if you think about it, our bodies have nine months to go from zero to 
childbirth and that kind of happens slowly and then overnight our bodies are just not pregnant anymore and then all the hormones just shift and that happens is in such a short amount of time it's really kind of crazy making to our our minds and our bodies you know and then you add on recovering from childbirth and not having enough sleep it's really, really challenging, you know, for our bodies. And I think it's the most intense time of a mom's life. Um, it, it It's something we're not, you, you don't know it until you go through it. But it's also, yeah. you know, something we could prepare for a little better. Yeah. And all of these things that you've talked about definitely do, um, I think, lend to a a more uh, healthy and sustained um, fourth trimester. What was that like for you having back-to-back pregnancies? You know, I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. I, it took some time to develop this for others, but how did you get through that for your body to literally go through <laughs> creating two humans that quickly? What was that like for you? Yeah. It was like the biggest blessing because it it really taught me. I, I tell my daughter, my oldest, you taught me how to be a mom. That's like what I tell her. Like it wasn't easy, but you really taught me how to be a mom. And now I help other moms because of it. And I mm-hmm. had it was challenging. I felt like I was in survival mode for the first three months. And then I kind of was starting to feel... Like I I got the hang of it, you know, things are kind of settling down. And when she was four months, I found out I was pregnant again. So I was like, I didn't know whether I wanted to be happy or cry. But that got me thinking. And that's when I came up with all these ways to really make the postpartum time a better experience. And I had a beautiful experience with my baby boy, the second, you know, my second time. And that's what catapulted me into doing what I do today is that I want first time moms to have that second time mom experience. It's I think there's some we we could prepare so much better and I thought I prepared pretty well because I'm a pretty organized person I like to plan I have my nursing background mm-hmm. um my husband's a daughter so like medically we felt like confident and you know like not afraid of a baby um but it was all the other things the the relationship the home um the self and all the transitions a mom a new mom goes through because there is a mourning of your old self when you become a mom Mm -hmm. and it's a beautiful thing to be a mom but it's also something you you will experience like, huh, I just can't get up and go anymore. You know, there's, there's a lot of, um, it's like an identity crisis almost that you get used to, (laughs) but it was, you know, I, I had never talked about that with anybody before experiencing it myself. Yeah. I know it's a huge adjustment because it's, it's the, um, ultimate of emotion because it's truly, you're truly just, uh, in awe of what you just did and you're looking at this this human being that you helped create 
And at the same time, you, you're just aware that life will never be the same again. And it has two different sounds to my ear. Like, life will never be the same again. And oh my goodness, <laughs> life will never be the same again. And you don't even understand that until the days become weeks to months to years. And I can tell you now, I have a diff different sense of what that phrase means to me now looking at my almost three-year-old. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I see now that especially, especially when they start talking and moving and doing things and attitude and, and, so but at the cute. same time, I'm like, yeah, free thinker, you're amazing. You're so cute. And then you're like, listen, lady. Um, <laughs> um, but you realize that I realized the other day I'm thinking, wow, like, you know, I had the opportunity to go to an event the other day where I got dressed up and everything. It just seems so foreign to me. My feet were like heels. <laughs> you haven't worn heels in a pretty long time. What I just, I, about, I literally, lady? it felt so, <laughs> I know, like, wh who do you think you are putting yourself in these shoes? Like, you know, just going through my closet mess it felt like I was going through a, uh, you know, a review of the decades of my life going, oh yeah, these were the 20 heels. I remember those nights. Oh, 30. Oh, look, they're getting a little shorter and thicker in the 40s. Um, but it was nice to go out. But at the same time, I was having a great time outside, out in the world. And I thought, oh, my gosh, this is her bedtime. I wonder if she's sleeping. You're, you're con you know, you are responsible for another life, not just yourself anymore. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very interesting. But I think what's what was beautiful about the fourth trimester for me just because it was a pandemic i really we were really in a cocoon so when you I, I, that was probably the best explanation i've ever heard of the the fourth trimester trimester in sense of what it's like for the baby that's creating all of that again the swat i didn't even put it together the swaddling the darkness the sound machine of recreating essentially what what they had for those nine months it makes it mm -hmm. even more precious I think I wish I had yeah. known that I, I, it makes complete sense now but um I, I thank you for explaining it so so well um what's any last words of advice I mean I I'm gonna tell them where to find you because I think everyone should uh, find you on Instagram and all your um, the ways to find you so that they can get even more information. But any other key uh, bits of advice, especially for you know our, my audience here is mm -hmm. about thirty five and up mm -hmm. who are either starting or starting all over again, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, um, I my I have so many, but I think big picture wise is to really have a postpartum plan. Putting your house on autopilot is just a small part of that plan. We all ha you know, have heard of a birth plan, which is wonderful to have, and it's very, very helpful. But remember that birth is only like a 24 to 48-hour event right? And we have a plan for that. But the postpartum time, which is the baby's fourth trimester, mama's fourth trimester, a lot goes on during that time, which is about three months. And I, I believe 
especially as a first time mom, we need to have a better plan. And so if you take anything away from today, I will, I just want you to think postpartum plan, probably even more important than a birth plan, in my opinion, because birth, you have professionals around you. You have a full staff helping you with your birth, but postpartum, it's pretty much mama and partner, maybe, you know, a, a family member or two and friends who are happy for you, but they're not going to come over when you need them anytime. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think we can all say we know exactly what she means. Oh, Calista, thank you so much for coming and sharing these great tools with us and helping mamas and parents through this precious time. Preparation is key, which allows us to enjoy these moments that much more. You can find her at her website, www.newmomboss.com, and on Instagram at newmomboss. Her podcast is called The New Mom Boss Podcast. It can be found on Apple and all podcast streaming platforms. And I want to know what you're thinking about New Mommy at 40. So please visit me on newmommyat40.com, and you can connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at new mommy at 40. I want to know what you've liked so far, what topics you're interested in. Please let us know. Email me at info at newmommyat40.com. And if you'd like to be a guest, let me know. I'd love to have you on the show. I really want to connect with all of you. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves and each other. See you next week. <laughs>